culture, and in the future, we still gonna be the culture. So shout out to us. What's up, y'all? It's Masani Musa, and you're listening to Culture Unfiltered, the podcast. Welcome, welcome. It's Masani Musa. You're listening to Culture Unfiltered, the podcast. Now, I was supposed to start this podcast in December, but things got super busy these past few months, and I finally have the bandwidth to sit down and pour myself into this podcast and I'm just really excited. First and foremost, if you saw my promo for this and you decided to give this podcast a chance, thank you because nowadays in terms of podcasts, you really never know what you're gonna get. But I will say this, for my podcast, we're gonna talk about music, we're gonna talk about entertainment, we're just gonna dive a little bit deeper into it. There will be themed episodes. I will be continuing my media versus series where I do deep dives on instances where the media took it a little too far. And then we'll also do weekly roundups of everything going on in music and pop culture. And to kick it off, we're gonna do a weekly roundup. Now, before we get into that though, I wanna talk about why it was important for me to do this podcast. If you follow hip hop news and hip hop media, there is a very real deficit, if you will, of black women who are speaking their opinions about hip hop, about music, about pop culture. And I feel like it's important for us to take up some space. And if you support this podcast, you are supporting that initiative. Now, I know I got super serious on y'all, but this is a space where we're going to be unfiltered, but we're also going to have a lot of fun because in my opinion, this is pop culture. This is music. If we can't get some jokes off and if we can't have a good time, then what's the point? Okay, so that was the intro to Sorry Not Sorry by Amaretta. Um, one of my favorite songs from a rap girl right now because she shook the table and she really just let it all hang out. And I love when someone can cause a little friction um, in, in rap and hip hop. So I'm really loving that track. But speaking of the rap girlies, we have to talk about this phenomenon going on right now between Nicki Minaj and some of the rap women. Now, first and foremost, um, I'm sure there may be a barb or two listening to this. And I just got to say, I'm very delicate in how I talk about Nicki Minaj, because like I said before, there's a million of them. There's only one of me. And I want to remain as respectful, but as honest as possible. And where I'm speaking from comes from a place where I appreciate where Nicki Minaj is in rap and in saying that i regard her as one of the goats Nicki minaj is up there with the kanye west's she's up there with the kendrick lamar's she's up there with the j cole's and so for me i'm a little confused as to why the rap girlies feel like a feature from Nicki minaj is like a rite of passage Now, granted, Nicki Minaj has collaborated with other female artists in the past. Last year, she did the collab with Jesse Nelson, which I wasn't a huge fan of. And so, you know, for somebody who is a fan of Nicki, who feels like their art deserves to, you know, be alongside Nicki, I could see how a Jesse Nelson collab could like confuse you and kind of make you feel like, okay, if she collab with her, she collab with me. Like, I get that. However, 
nobody, very few male rappers expect to collab with Kanye West. Very few male rappers expect to collab with J. Cole. Very few male rappers expect to collab with Kendrick Lamar. So I'm a little confused why some of the girlies expect to collab with Nicki Minaj. Is it Koyla Ray and how she has aligned herself with Nicki? Could that be it? Like, I see that Koyla Ray and Nicki Minaj are signed to the same label. So it's like, that's almost a given. Like, of course they're going to collab. And Koyla Ray, like, she's juicing it, you know, as she should. Like, she's one of the few women who right now can be like, yeah, Nicki's about to hop on my song. And I mean, you know, she's promoting it how she needs to promote it. She's promoting that relationship in the right way. But I'm just, I'm just concerned as to when it became a, a part of the female rap matriculation to hop on a song with Nicki. And the most disappointing fact about all of that is you have people like Lil' Kim, you have people like Remy Ma, you have people like Foxy Brown, you have people like Missy Elliott, who are all there, who are all willing, who are all available. Granted, they're not Nicki Minaj, but you know, these are other great women in rap who are still talented, who can still spit, who you know, are literally right there. Like I'm, I'm wondering why some of the girls don't look to other goats in female rap to try and collab with. It's almost like that Nikki collab is like, you know, a certified platinum plaque or certified, but it's like, if you're doing it for the art, if you're doing it for the sound, yes, Nicki Minaj would be great for that. But so with Missy Elliott, so with Foxy Brown, so with Lil' Kim, so with Rhapsody, so with so many other female rappers. And what I would love to see is some cross collaboration, even if it's not with one of the goats, Lotto and Amaretta did the Sorry Not Sorry remix. And I thought that was genius. I thought it was genius. They're networking across. And now speaking of Lotto, I feel like we could go ahead and do a little mini review of Wheelie, right? I'm not sure if I'll do this review on my TikTok. I don't know yet. You know, stuff be going viral. I ain't trying to, you know... You know, I ain't trying to, you know, don't throw salt in nobody game, but this is my honest opinion on it. Lotto is up next. You know, she's up next. Aesthetically, visually, Wheelie was an A-plus performance. A-plus. It was up there. It was amazing. Like, Lotto is really really leading into what it is to be like you know a superstar oh I'm sorry let me not use that terminology child um but a star in rap like visually she didn't miss a beat however the song Willie in itself kind of was lackluster to me and I was especially disappointed in 21 Savage's verse on that song because 21 Savage is the feature killer. You know what I'm saying? Like there isn't a track that 21 Savage hops on that he doesn't make better. But I felt like his his verse in Wheelie kind of fell flat and it just, it didn't do it for me, honestly. Um, and I think if Lotto can stretch her creativity behind the mic as much as she is stretching it in front of the camera, she can really be a problem. Speaking of problems, let's talk about this stinking, nasty, low-down, dirty, rotten divorce between Kanye West and Kim Kardashian. I have never wanted something to end so badly than the way I want this social media back and forth to end between Kanye West and Kim. And it has nothing 
to do with me. But being in this space, following pop culture and things of that nature, like you have to pay attention to these things because it's important to talk about it. So we're going to talk about the divorce. Then we're going to talk about Kim and her verbal attack on (laughs) women in business. So y'all know my tin hat stay on, right? Even if I don't show it on TikTok, like tinfoil hat stays perched on my head. So leading up to Kanye West and his rant this weekend, I thought that Kendall dyeing her hair orange, I thought that Kim going on that rant against women in business, I thought that Kanye West and his perceived beef with Skeet Kardashian, I thought all of that was to distract us from what is going on with these Astroworld lawsuits regarding Travis Scott, which is why if you saw my page, I didn't talk about Kim Kardashian and the whole variety thing because I'm like, nah, this is what we really need to be talking about. But as of this weekend, when Kanye West got to talking about bitter baby mamas and this person evil, that person evil, doxing Pete Davidson's friends, I was like, no, you can't make this up. You can't make this up. This is dysfunction in its purest form. And I don't know if there's any other way to put it. And to be honest, I'm sick of the circus. <laughs> I, I I want out. But I have to remind myself that a divorce between Kanye West and Kim Kardashian would look something like this. Like in a way, it's like they're underserving us the drama because these are two of the most famous people in the world at this very moment. And so the theatrics are expected. But I got to talk about how Kanye West is quick to wield his blackness. He's quick to wield his his man, his stance as a man. He's quick to wield his political standings as soon as he feels like he's being attacked by the Kardashians and their team. This is hypocritical for quite a few reasons. Kanye West was a very stout Trump supporter. You know, he has made remarks about the black community insinuating that black people are weak or inferior, which is why we were in slavery for so long. You know what I mean? Um, And he has attacked verbally, you know, or I I don't want to say attack. Let me not use such strong language. But I don't know if y'all remember the um, conversation he had with the students in like the Carolinas that one time and the black girl who was there who challenged him on something recounted her experience and how, you know, he went extra hard on her but wasn't going hard on like the white people who were asking him questions. So it's obvious that Kanye West and the black community are at odds, been at odds. But as soon as Nor can't come to the Sunday service and as soon as Kim don't want the kids to go to, you know, the school that he just created a year ago or whatever, not downplaying it, but you know, it's these white people out to get me. But it's like Kanye, you've been out to get the black community for a little minute. Now watching the Genius documentary, yes, things have changed, you know, Kanye West, back in the day when he got on TV during that Katrina celebrity benefit and said George Bush doesn't care about black people, that was one of the few times as black people, we've had someone to really stand up for us and say what we've all been thinking, what we've all been feeling on a huge public platform. And I think black people as a whole, maybe even me, we're still holding on to that Kanye West. But it's like Kanye has done a complete 180. Um, Yes, I'm motivated by some of his interviews. And, you know, I am uh, 
I do appreciate his contributions to culture and whatnot. But at the end of the day, this is the same man who said slavery was a choice and you can't undo those words. You can't undo the impact of those words. You can't undo the perception that other races might have towards black people being that Kanye West said that the slaves were only enslaved so long because they didn't believe in themselves enough. You can't undo that. Only Kanye West could undo that. But at the end of the day, the words have already been spoken. So, you know, Kanye West conveniently using his blackness to try and wield the black community against the Kardashians is tired. It's it's gimmicky and it's tacky. This is the white family that you chose to be a part of. And that's what comes with it. When you're at odds, at the end of the day, this woman has more societal privilege than you. And that's something you consider before you get into a serious relationship and before you start a family with this person. You gotta make sure that, you know, this is the one. Because if not, that privilege that that non-black person has can be used against you if, you know, if that's what they choose to do. Not saying that that is what Kim is doing. Because for the most part, Kim has been like pretty silent. We don't know what's fully going on behind the scenes, but in the public, Kim has been kind of quiet about the divorce, which is smart. But I just don't like Kanye West using his black card for something that is so personal and has really nothing to do with the black community. (sighs) Now let's talk about Kim. (laughs) Okay, switching gears. Let's talk about Kim. So Miss Girl got up on Variety and said that women in business need to get off their lazy behinds and work harder. Now, after I let that marinate, um, I saw a few different takes regarding this situation. One of them was somebody felt like Kim Kardashian was speaking directly to the people within her realm of work and within her industry of work. Because, of course, the average American can't choose the workplace that they're a part of. Of course, the average American can't choose, you know, if a work environment is positive or negative. Most people are just going along to get along. And I will hope somebody like Kim Kardashian would know that you know I I will hope that she realizes that however Kim Kardashian isn't ignorant she's been doing this a very long time when you make a very broad statement like that of course there's going to be backlash because if you're not directing it at a certain person people are going to take your words and they're going to flip it I've been in this influencer space commentary space critic space For literally a year, you know, my platform has been the biggest that it's been this past year. I've been doing this for a while, but you know, and I know that I can't say certain things because things can go viral and people can take your words the wrong way. So I know somebody of Kim Kardashian's, you know, place in society, place in influence, place in pop culture knows that yet and still she fired that statement off like she just couldn't wait. Which is why I thought that, okay, she's diverting our attention from something else. What's really going on type vibes. But I mean, maybe she is tone deaf. Maybe she doesn't get it. And that's fine. But it's really disingenuous to make it seem like you are this person who has got it out the mud when a lot of Kim Kardashian's success has come off the backs of black women. I can do a whole podcast episode about this. <laughs> Her success has come off the black the backs of black women. The Kardashians are experts at selective outrage. 
All Kim Kardashian has to do is throw on a, a dark tan, get some braids, you know, sit that booty up a little bit higher, twerk a little. All she has to do is mimic what they perceive to be blackness, black women's hood. All they have to do is that and trending, you know, trending topic. All Chloe got to do is throw on that little curly, curly hair that she be throwing on every so often. And they're a trending topic. And the Kardashians know that. And so to assume or to insinuate that you are this businesswoman who just has all of this work ethic. And that's why you've gotten to the place that you are. Is disingenuous. You know how to trigger the black community, specifically black women. And that has constantly kept you on the tips of people's tongues and at the top of people's minds. So I say all that to say Kim Kardashian and Kanye West, maybe they need to stay together. <laughs> maybe they need to stay together at this point. Cause honestly, I'm, I'm sick and tired of both of them. I'm sick and tired of both of them. And now if you follow me on Instagram, you probably like, girl, you a hypocrite. I just saw you at that genius Q and a premiere. And to be honest, I, I yeah, hypocrite. That's, that's the right word because I fully went to that Q and a thinking that Kanye West was going to pop out. I fully went to that Q&A thinking Kanye was going to pull a little sneak attack. I was like, let me go. Let me go and see. But honestly, going to that Q&A, um, going to that Q&A, I realized that the Genius documentary is so much more than Kanye West. It is so much more than Kanye West. Um, the Genius documentary really is about the creative minds, Cootie, Chike, and Jay Ivy, who got together Um and had a vision and foresight for this content that they were making surrounding Kanye West. And um, with luck and timing, was able to cash in on it via that $30 million Netflix deal. And during that chat, they talked about faith and they talked about God. And these are very spiritual people. And I think as a creative, you have to be a very spiritual person. I mean, creative, you know, anything that involves timing, um, in terms of success, you have to be very spiritual. And they talked about how, um, you know, to a certain extent, they had to let go and they had to let God. And seeing how they spoke about God and seeing how they spoke about faith, I was like, okay, maybe Kanye ain't faking the funk with the Sunday service though. Like maybe he is actually, you know, because to think about it, you were just a producer from Chicago who obviously had a stroke of genius, you know, no pun intended. Um, but now you're one of the biggest stars in the world. And you have to ask yourself, okay, is it because of the work that I put in or was it already written? And that was the theme of some of the conversation. I want to share a little bit of that with you guys. You know, and I've always kind of struggled with the concept of, not struggled, but I've always searched for like my meaning of God and how it, my relationship. And, I, and people always say, God speaks to me. And I never really understood what that meant. It's like, he speaks to, like, what do you mean? You know what I mean? So, like, I feel like I spent so many years trying to figure out, like, when are you going to talk to me then? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, how does this speaking thing? How do you discern this voice of God? You know what I'm saying? And so when, um, but I've always had faith. That's one thing I've always held on to. It was just way more abstract. It was just like a, what do you call it? A, a, a type of faith when it's like, you know, you don't really know what it is, but you just believe in it blindly. You know what I mean? So, once I started, when, when I started meditating, though, it became more like uh, tangible. Like, because I started paying attention to my breath, and I guess the, con 
us being energy, I started paying attention to like my energy and like being conscious of like what's coming out of the breath coming out of me and was you know just being more like this open vessel. And then I feel like um, I had a dream one night, and it was like I I was like in the backseat of a car, like a little tucked up like a little kid, but there was this overwhelming feeling of me of love that just and it was right after like an experience of meditating and it, it spoke to me without speaking to me and let me clearly know that I was protected by this overwhelming sense of love, which was to me, I, it felt like it was, I knew it was God, you know what I mean? And that's when I was like, oh, I understand this voice. And I'm, and I'm saying all this to say is then I connected that back to this meditation that I was doing, this energy that's coming in and out. And it let me realize, man, like, the energy of all, of us all combined, to me, that energy is God. You know what I'm saying? And so when I speak my, my words, it's a vibration that comes out of my mouth. That's a tangible thing that's real. And it interacts with this energy. So I've, I'm like, whoa, so if I speak something into existence, is that is the intention behind my energy that's meant, that's interact with other energy and that lives on that's why sometimes you might have an idea i feel like and somebody else has another idea because you put it into, it's in the universe you know what i'm saying so i just really start to look at that relationship of me in the universe and i feel like once i dialed into that i was really able to feel god's presence always even though it's always been there but this was the first time i was able to feel it so that now i could incorporate it within what i'm doing and understand the power of it be submissive to it you know, and that's when I started just sitting in the passenger seat and realizing, like, I'm not really driving. Like, this God is driving. You know what I mean? So I'm sorry I took so long. So, but yes, I, that was you know, Chike, um, who was, again, a part of the team that created or helped to create the Genius documentary. And so at this point, I want to go ahead and close the podcast out. I don't want to keep you guys for 40 minutes, an hour every single episode like I really want to keep it short and sweet I want this to be something that you can just pop in um listen to and then go on about your day I'm gonna be revving up my content on YouTube as well so y'all gonna be seeing and hearing a lot of me um and this is just you know one piece of the puzzle but I hope if you needed uh, some words and regarding faith and regarding you know staying the course on your journey Um, I hope that that tidbit did a little something for you. Cheers to episode one of Culture Unfiltered, the podcast. I cannot wait to share more of my opinions and more of my life with you guys. Let me know what you thought about episode one on Instagram at Masani Musa. I would greatly appreciate it. And I hope you guys have a great rest of your week. Bye.